Welcome to the Balanced Fit and Free Podcast. I'm Rayanne Mullins, your host, and you are in the right place if you are ready to learn how to live a life of balance through healthy daily actions and a positive mindset. As a Hashimoto's hypothyroid warrior, I will be sharing with you tried and true methods of keeping a balanced lifestyle to ward off inflammation, aching joints, brain fog, and weight gain. My very open and honest approach will have you leaning in to learn more. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm Ryan Mullins, and today we are talking about autoimmune disorders or diseases. So I recently announced that I'm going to be working a little bit more with people who have Hashimoto's and or hypothyroid. And I I know you know, if you've listened to this for a while, that the reason I'm doing that is because I personally have Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, which is underactive um, thyroid. And so I just decided with it being kind of my newest success story, meaning that I was able to with lifestyle changes and supplements and a little bit of thyroid medicine, I've been able to reverse or get rid of all of my symptoms um, from Hashimoto's. And so I feel very passionate about helping other people do the same thing. But I also feel very passionate about helping other people prevent even getting it, right? So today we're going to be talking a little bit about what is autoimmune you know, what is an autoimmune disorder or condition and why I think it's important to start working on prevention now, even if you think you're not going to get it. Okay. And I hope you don't, but I had no idea that I would get it. I thought I was healthy as a horse, right? So it can happen even when you least expect it. It's kind of one of those things where you, you see something horrible and actually there's worse things in the world besides autoimmune disease. I just need to say that, but it's like watching the news or watching something, you know, on Facebook or watching, you know, hearing a story about something happening to somebody. You think, wow, that happens to other people. It doesn't ever happen to me. Do you ever get that feeling? And you especially feel like it when you're younger. And as you get older, you start to realize that anything can happen. But you know, with autoimmune, I talk to a lot of people now. They're like, oh, I don't have to worry about that. Oh, I don't have to worry about that. I'm not going to worry about that. And I'm like, well, actually, maybe you should worry about it Um, under the whole like umbrella of health and wellness because um, autoimmune diseases can be really ugly and very um, debilitating, actually, if if it's not taken care of correctly. So what I would like for you is for you, if you don't have this, um, to not ever have to deal with it. So I'm going to give you some tips today on how to reduce your risk of getting an autoimmune disorder, or at least recognizing what is happening if you feel like maybe you are getting something going on. Okay. So like, what is an autoimmune disease or disorder? Okay. It's a condition in which your immune system mistakenly attacks your body. (laughs) Okay. So usually the job of your immune system, as you you probably already know, is looking to fight off foreign or like outside dangers, germs. You know, the whole point of our immune system is to keep us safe, keep us from getting sick, right? Keep toxins from getting into our system. And it's like this really cool like armor, you know, it's like our, it's our security guard for our, for our system. But 
For some reason, in some people, the immune system starts to actually attack its own healthy cells or organs. So some of these autoimmune disorders attack a single organ and other disorders can attack the whole body. Okay, so you've probably heard of some very common autoimmune disorders, things like Hashimoto's. That's not as common. It's becoming a lot more common, but that's, I say it first because that's the one I have. You've probably heard of MS or multiple sclerosis. I just said that funny. Um, Lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's is another one that more and more people are getting diagnosed with, and even type 1 diabetes. So like I said, if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, oh, this is kind of boring. I'm just going to turn it off now and find, you know, another episode or something else to listen to because this isn't me. Again, I just want to say that you never know. Okay. You never know if it'll be you. And the more you know, and the more awareness you have, the more likely you will be to notice a personal issue faster and you could potentially save yourself from a lot of future suffering. So even if you think it won't happen to you, please just listen so that you know what to be looking for. Or if you already have some strange things going on in your body, you can be armed with some information when you go to the doctor. Okay. So why, like, why do you not want an autoimmune disorder? Why does it suck so bad? Well, the symptoms are just unpleasant. Okay, nobody wants to be sick. I mean, nobody wants a cold. Nobody wants COVID. Nobody wants the flu. Nobody wants, you know, a cold sore. Nobody wants to be feeling bad ever. So the problem with these autoimmune issues is that they can come on. You can get flare-ups. You can have lots of problems. And then those problems filter into other problems. And if you have one autoimmune disease, you're more likely to get other ones. So prevention, like anything else, is the key. Okay. So these symptoms are, I'm going to give you some symptoms for Hashimoto's because that's what I have. And I know firsthand how it feels. And actually I got to say really quick here that I've talked to other people and I've worked with other people that have way worse symptoms than I did. So I actually, even though I felt terrible for a long time and had a lot of issues, I I actually think I was lucky one because they weren't as debilitating as some people get. And I think it's because I took action as soon as I could, as fast as I could. As soon as I learned there was something going on, I took action to hurry and feel better. And a lot of people just don't either know that something's going on and they can do something about it or they give up. Okay. So anyway, here are some some, uh, symptoms of Hashimoto's. And, And by the way, a lot of these symptoms are very common in other autoimmune disorders as well. So if you have any of them, find a practitioner that is willing to look past just your basic blood work and who will listen to you and really help you figure out what's going on. All right. Or talk to me and I'll let you know, like maybe some ideas of what to ask your doctor. Okay. So here's some of the symptoms. One major one is fatigue, like actual, like just feeling tired all the time. And it can start out as just being tired, you know, like feeling like you need to go to bed more or feeling like you just are tired, like unexplainably tired. But then it gets worse, you know, when nothing changes, it just gets worse. So it becomes like this deep down to your bones fatigue, super tired, don't want to get off the couch, don't want to get out of bed. Um, don't want to, you know, walk the dog, don't want to play with your kids, don't want to do anything enjoyable because you're just tired. 
And then you feel tired of saying you're tired. It's just like this fatigue. That is a major, major symptom. Okay. It's okay if occasionally you, you know, maybe have a couple busy days or maybe you go out like you're on vacation or you're celebrating a friend's like wedding or something and you are out for a couple nights, maybe staying up late, maybe drinking, maybe, you know, just not your normal routine and you're feeling tired. That's one thing. But when you can't recover from something like that, or you're feeling super tired and you've been going to bed every night and you're not partying and you're not, you know, like staying up too late or working too hard, then, then, you know, something's up. Okay. So look out for fatigue. Another one is painful joints. Okay. Painful joints, like aching knees, random, like, like for me, I get random, like thumb pain and wrists and knees and, you know, shoulders, like random low back, like I'll be fine. And then all of a sudden my hip is, feels like it's like totally whacked, you know? So just painful joints, painful joints. That was a huge one for me personally. And of course, I just want to say too, that a lot of these symptoms can be explained, right? For me, I was having painful joints. Well, yeah, because I was teaching a ton of fitness classes. I was doing a bunch of cycling classes. I was doing TRX classes, sculpting classes, step aerobics, um, you know, hit classes. I also was running, like I was doing a lot of activity. So I, you know, for a long time just thought, oh yeah, I'm, oh, I'm getting older. And so my knees hurt and my shoulder hurts and I, oh, I lifted too much weight. So that hurts and this hurts. I always had an excuse or reason until I finally realized it probably wasn't just that. Um, you might get swelling, like actual like edema in your body, like big ankles, um, swollen fingers, swollen face, puffy face. So just kind of like swelling and edema. Um, skin conditions. You know, um, I was really fortunate, you know, as a teenager and in my early like 20s, I didn't really have like acne or anything too, too bad at all, just regular stuff. But then, you know, here I am, I would think I was like 38, 39, and I started getting like really bad acne and like all over me. And I was like, what is going on? I thought this was for teenagers. Like what? And also just really bad dry skin. Like I was like flaking, like even in the summer in North Carolina, it's super humid. And even in the summer with this humid air, I was having to use a ton of lotion because I was literally like flaking, like my skin was flaking off and my elbows were like just awful. And like, you know, you didn't want to touch my feet because it would scratch you. So it was just really bad skin. And I just, it was weird. Like I thought, oh, again, I thought I was just getting older. Maybe this is something that happens. Then the brain fog. Whoa, 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 whoa. So brain fog was huge for me. And to the point where I started feeling like, like maybe I'm just not a smart person. I kept like questioning, like, God, like I remember as a kid being told, you didn't stand in the line for brains, but you got the looks. Like I was actually told that as a child, um, which by the way, is not a good thing to say to your kid because it sticks with them for their entire life. So please don't tell your kid that they missed the brain line when they were being picked for a body. Um, but so really as this adult, I was like, oh, maybe I am just dumb. Like I can't remember anything. I feel like ditzy, like actual ditzy. And if you know me well, like I'm goofy sometimes. And I think that sometimes it does come off as goofy. I mean, like kind of ditzy or like, I don't know, like airheady. 
But a lot of times I'm just playing around, but I would actually start feeling like that. It was like, I couldn't even remember I was going when I'd get in the car, like just weird stuff, you know, like, and just literally constantly feeling like I was in literally a cloud, like a fog, like literally a fog. So that is a terrible feeling, by the way, not feeling clear, not remembering to do things, not feeling like you're ever going to get through like a task. Like it's a terrible feeling. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. And it's not tangible. Like there's, there's no like thing you can point to and like rub, like with your joint pain, you can at least like, you know, put some, you know, doTERRA deep blue on it or some kind of like joint thing or take an ibuprofen or like get a little relief or rub it or look, you know, you can see that you're swollen, but brain fog is just like this, this intangible like feeling. And it's very frustrating. Um, the other things are like indigestion, heartburn, or just other stomach and digestive, like digestion issues. That was hard to say. Um, I started having just really severe pain under my ribs. And at the time when it started, I was training for an adventure race where we did mountain biking. Um, we ran trail running, and then we did um, paddling. So it was really fun. And I was training with these two ladies who were super cool. And I kept getting these like horrible stomach pains. Like, and then it would go up into my chest. And I literally was like scared because it hurt so bad. And I mean, I went to the doctor, nobody could fin- figure anything out. Finally, I went to the gastroenterologist and got an endoscopy done. So they went down, you know, with the camera, whatever, down your throat to check out your, um, what is that esophagus and everything. And they were like, I mean, it's a little like red, but I mean, it looks like maybe you're just having acid reflux. And I was like, no, I'm not. I don't have acid reflux. (laughs) Um, I eat so well and why I wouldn't be getting that. And they're like, no, that's what you're feeling. And so whatever. So I was taking Tums like crazy. I was taking like an over the counter, like acid reducer, but it still continued. Like I still, I just felt terrible. And then there's like constipation and then you're like back and forth between that and diarrhea. And it's just not fun. Like just stomach blah. Right. So if you're constantly having stomach issues, that's not normal. Like it's not normal. And sometimes we feel so like we feel so bad for so long that our normal, something that shouldn't be normal becomes like it feels normal to you. It's not normal. Do something about it. Get help. Uh, another thing is randomly or suddenly having high cholesterol. I went just uh, to a regular checkup at the gynecologist one year and she did blood work and they sent me back the saying, saying that I might need to consider getting on cholesterol medicine. And I was so angry. I was like, they are wrong. I, there's no way I have high cholesterol. (laughs) I was seriously so, so angry. And so I made them do it again. And sure enough, I had high cholesterol and I was angry. And I'm like, do you know what I eat? Do you know what I do? Like, there's no way. And then she's like, well, it's probably just genetic. Yeah, it's just genetic. Like, that's another thing that you're going to get a lot. And I'm sorry. Genetics are not always the end factor. So we'll get, we'll get to that later. But anyway, high cholesterol. That is another symptom. Uh, heart arrhythmias. Oh my goodness. So you guys know, if you've listened to me or know me, I was having a lot of heart issues with my electrical system, meaning my heart would like slow down too much or it would skip beats. And so I was just having a lot of like, uh, flip floppy feelings in my chest and like sometimes feeling like passing out and I don't need to get into that, but heart arrhythmias. So 
erratic or not right um, heartbeat. Anxiety and depression, wow, those are major. So those kind of go along with like the brain fog, you know, and fatigue. So anxiety, man, I think of myself as a very outgoing social person, but it was a really weird thing because when I started getting that brain fog and the fatigue and when all of this started, I started getting horrible um, like social anxiety. Like I didn't want to go to the grocery store because I didn't want, I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to, I, I didn't even want to go to work. Like I didn't want to talk about my work. I didn't want to promote my studio. I had this horrible anxiety. And I even had at the time I had a suburban and I had had it like all decked out like for Ram fitness for my studio at the time. I even got to where I didn't want to drive it around because I didn't want anyone to see me. I wanted to hide. I had this horrible anxiety and paranoia. Like a lot of paranoia went with that. Like I thought people were talking about me. I felt like people are always looking at me. I had this really bad anxiety, paranoia, just really not right. Um, and then that went into depression. So my depression, actually, I had postpartum depression after my second child. Probably I did after my first one too, but just never said anything. So it wasn't until my second child that I did say something because I was having some really bad thoughts and I won't get into that. But anyway, the depression was really bad. And I actually at the time went on antidepressants, but then was able to like wean off of those and like feel great. So when I started feeling like that again, having some of the same thoughts, it scared me. And I was like, something's not right because I'm a happy person. I have a great life. There's no reason for me to be having really bad thoughts and then this paranoia and anxiety. So I knew, like I knew that was not right, but I did not know at the time that that was a symptom or a sign of something deeper. I just thought that I was unhappy. I don't know what I thought. Like, I just, I didn't know, but I didn't know that it was actually an autoimmune symptom or reason to talk to my doctor. And I didn't bring it up for a really long time, by the way. So anyway, um, also another, I'm going to, there's so many more symptoms, but another one I'm going to mention is just trouble sleeping, like having like a hard time going to sleep, having a hard time staying asleep. Um, just, not really able to get rested. That is also another symptom. And a big problem is that once you have one of these symptoms, well, they kind of cycle together, right? It's like one thing leads to another. So if you can't sleep, right, that leads to brain fog and more depression and anxiety and fatigue. Heart arrhythmias feel weird and kind of scary. So that leads to paranoia and more anxiety. Anxiety leads to less sleep, which just keeps that cycle going and going and going. Um, Terrible heartburn and indigestion makes you not really want to eat the things you need to eat. So then you start getting um, like malnutrition or you're not able to fully um, absorb the nutrients that you need. So it's like it's like once you start getting these symptoms, they they just start exasperating and playing off of each other and you just become in, you know, this cycle, this like downward spiral of like terrible, right? So it's super important to recognize and make a note. If you are feeling these things, or if you're feeling more than two or one, hey, if you're feeling one of those things that I just talked about, write it down and really, really think about it. Think through, write down everything you absolutely can so that you can take it to your doctor because you know how it is. 
you don't feel well, you go to the doctor and you forget to say half the things you're thinking and then you leave and they're like, you're fine. And then you go home and you're like, damn, I forgot to say this and this and this. Write it down. Quit thinking it. Get it on paper. Get it on your notes, on your phone. Do something so that you have record of how you're feeling. You're not crazy. You are not crazy. If you feel any of those things, do not let anyone tell you that you are crazy and dramatic. Because I was told that many times. I was just being dramatic. I was just being, oh, Rayanne, you're so dramatic. I actually heard that multiple times. Or, oh, Rayanne, silly Rayanne, stupid Rayanne. And I'm not. I wasn't crazy. And even though I didn't want to find out something wrong, it was like I was kind of happy to be like, ha, told you. I knew something wasn't right with me. I'm not stupid, Rayanne. So anyway, um, so let's talk about some of the triggers of autoimmune. Now, I'm just giving you a short glimpse of this. So please don't like come back to me and be like, well, you said this or you didn't say this. This I'm just giving you a short summary, okay? Just a quick summary so you understand. And then if you need more information, keep listening because I'm going to be giving lots more information as the season goes. But also, um, you can get in touch with me if you need me to help direct you to you know, either the right kind of doctor, or if you just need somebody to talk to, please get in touch with me. All right. So triggers, what causes, what triggers autoimmune? Well, there's a lot of talk about this and, you know, a certain kind of doctor says this, another kind of doctor says this research says this, another research says this. So there's a lot of information about autoimmune, but there's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of disagreements. So here's what I've learned personally and what I believe in. So that's what I'm sharing. First of all, genetics. You can genetically, you know, be predisposed to an autoimmune disease. Absolutely. But, 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 but this does not mean that you are for sure going to get it. You can live the way you need to live to prevent getting it, even if you have the genes, okay, to have an autoimmune. That does not mean you're going to get it. And if you think here, I just got to say this. If you are somebody who has learned, you know, oh, my mother, my grandmother has Hashimoto's my, or MS or lupus or whatever, don't let it get in your head that you're going to have it because I truly believe, I believe from the bottom of my heart that when you say you're going to do something or get something or have something happen to you, that we make it happen. Like if you already believe that you're just predestined to have Hashimoto's or predestined to have, you know, whatever disease, cancer, even like that's not auto, but you know, what I mean, like that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about cancer, but if you tell yourself you are going to have this, or this is going to happen to you, I believe that we um, subconsciously take actions to get there. And that might sound a little crazy and woo-woo, but I believe it because you can see it. You can read stories about it. You can see it happening in front of your eyes when you really pay attention to people that you love and to people around you and to yourself because we do it to ourselves. Do not let your genetics determine your future. You have the choice. And I promise you, so I'm going to give you tips here in a minute. And if you start following those, at least some of them are to the best you can, you're already a step closer to being healthier and not giving into your genetics. Okay. That is so important, I think, for you to hear. If that's all you get out of this, great. <laughs> okay. All right. So genetics can be 
a very small portion or a trigger of autoimmune. A big one is poor nutrition, a poor diet, okay, or poor absorption of nutrients, okay? So this could be, you know, maybe you eat healthy foods, but maybe you are not absorbing the nutrients due to some gut health issues. Maybe your system needs like some more bacteria, probiotics. Maybe you need prebiotics. Maybe you need some digestive enzymes. Maybe something is just out of whack with your gut, which is making it hard to absorb nutrients. And that is an entirely, totally different episode to talk to you about. But poor nutrition or poor absorption of nutrients can absolutely put you into an autoimmune um, disorder. Okay. So what you eat, what you eat is incredibly important. Like I can't tell you how important it is. Okay. We're not talking about weight loss here. We're not talking about how you look. We're talking about how you feel and how your body lives and survives and thrives. Okay. Poor diet is a trigger. A major, 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 major trigger. (laughs) Did you get that? It's major is excessive and or long-term stress. Okay. So when we think stress, we think emotional stress. We think work stress. We think, um, you know, like, oh, I'm so stressed out because I have so much to do. That is part of it. But there's also other kinds of stress, like trauma as a child um, or trauma as an adult. Um, too much alcohol, too much exercise, right? Too many diets, stressing your body, toxic relationships, which by the way, we have an episode coming up about that. Super excited. Um, poor environment. Okay. There are all kinds of stressors that we don't really think about as being a stress. And if we have that long-term, that can absolutely lead to an autoimmune. I believe hundred percent that I created my autoimmune myself. And so I talked about this in the last episode, but you know, stress, there's a huge spectrum of stress on one end when it comes to health. On one end, we have the people that are just super, super unhealthy meaning they don't move, they smoke, they do drugs, they drink too much, they eat horrible food, they don't take care of themselves in any way, okay? And then we have the other far end of people that are like overly crazy about their like body and about their exercise and their nutrition and they're counting every single morsel of food, they're you know, analyzing, they're hooking themselves up to machines to like be like bionic woman and man or whatever. I mean, that's kind of ex- extreme, but I think there really are people that do that. So there's these two extremes, you know, like from unhealthy to overly healthy and either end of the spectrum, just like anything is too much, right? It's too much stress this way. It's too much stress over here. So we need to bring ourselves more to the middle. So we have a little bit more balance. That is why I called this the balance fit and free podcast, because I've believed in balance for a super long time. But anyway, I believe that I kind of put myself into autoimmune by like overdoing. I was so worried about, you know, practicing what I preach that I almost did more than that. So I was stressed out physically, too much exercise, probably not enough food. In fact, I know not enough food. I mean, even though I felt like I was eating a lot, it probably still was not enough to keep up with my body from what I did. 
Um, and then I just had the emotional stress. And then there are some like little traumas, like nothing big. Like I didn't have any horrible, horrible, horrible thing happen to me ever, but there were a lot of little traumas that built up in my brain. And so that, you know, I believe, I believe not taking care of that is what put me into autoimmune. So anyway, excessive and or long-term chronic stress. Okay. Women, I know everybody actually that is not, that was going to say women are really bad about this. We are right. But so are men, they just hide it better. Okay. Um, and then another trigger is toxins. Okay. Toxins. And what I mean by that are like pesticides, um, plastics, your cosmetics. Have you researched at all how horrible makeup is makeup and all this skincare, um, supplements for skincare, lotions. They're so, so bad for us. A lot of them, a lot of them. There are a lot of good ones now. Um, pollution, right? In the air and in your water. Like what is your water? Have you tested your water? Do you drink water out of your you know, sink or do you have filtered water? Do you get bottled water? What, like, what are you drinking? Right? A lot of pollution, um, alcohol, drugs, um, even prescription drugs, okay, and over-the-counter drugs. There's a lot of things that we consume and use on our body and around our body that are toxic and horrible and can lead to autoimmune. Now, I'm not going to sit here and list those things as far as like brands and like specific items, but if you just stop and think for a second, you can probably think of some things that you maybe do or have in your house. Um, those like plug-in things for the wall for scent. There's so many of those have come back to be just horrible. Candles, scented candles. So I'm not saying right now to go home and like throw away every plastic container or all your makeup and your shampoo, by the way, is another one. Um, or your plug-ins or your spray stuff or your candles. I'm not saying that. I'm saying think about it. How much of that stuff do you use? How much of that do you inhale? How much of it do you absorb into your body? And if it's a lot, eh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Um, the other thing is a trigger of autoimmune is being a woman. <laughs> yeah. So men definitely hundred percent get this, but women, especially with Hashimoto's. Okay. That's actually what I'm talking about. I can't really say for all other autoimmune, but Hashimoto's it's 70 to 80% are women that have Hashimoto's. So lucky us. We get all the good stuff, right? All the women get to have babies, periods, <laughs> moodiness, lack of libido, age. There's so many awesome things. Autoimmune, Hashimoto's, hypothyroid. Woo. We really got the win in the win in genetics there, didn't we? Or the winning um, sex. So anyway, okay, so I want to give you some ideas on how you can work on preventing sickness and worse, chronic autoimmune disease disorders, okay? So I'm going to give you five tips to prevent getting the autoimmune, hopefully, okay? So it's important to be, when you think about this, when I'm telling you these tips, okay, it's important to be really honest with yourself and take a serious inventory of your current health habits, Okay. So do you really eat well or do you just say you do? Do you really drink lots of water or do you just wish you did? Do you really exercise or do you just, you know, hire a trainer and talk the whole session? Because I have had people like that and it's fine. Sometimes you just need therapy, but are you really getting in workouts? Okay. 
you know, lying to yourself about your healthy or unhealthy habits is not really helping you. So get really honest, get serious, listen to these tips, make a note of what maybe you think you need to work on more. Okay. And then let me know if you need help doing it. All right. So the first thing, and these are not in any order. Um, they're not really in any order. I just, as I thought of them. So the first one I'm going to talk about is get rid of plastics and just obviously toxic items in your home. Okay. So some of these obvious things to me are like, stop using margarine containers to save for like using food. So probably everybody listening to this podcast has at some point in their life, either had a grandmother or mother or yourself used a country crock margarine butter container to store leftovers in and have you microwave them because you took it to lunch or saved it. How, I mean, I guarantee that somebody listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about or any of those plastic containers that food comes in, you wash it out and you're like, Oh, instant Tupperware, (laughs) you know? Well, no, it's terrible. Stop doing that. If you're still doing that, stop it. (laughs) Please just stop. It's terrible. It's terrible. Those plastics are leaching into your food. Okay. And if you're still using margarine, it's really probably not a great idea either. It's processed. It's terrible. And you know, it's not my business to say, stop. It's, it's totally up to you, but, um, stop. (laughs) Okay. Stop it. All right. Um, other things that plastics would be like, if you use water bottles, I mean, I do believe a lot of them have been, a lot of companies have made it so it's safe to drink water out of a water, you know, the disposable water bottles, but reusing the same water bottle over and over and over and over is horrible. So that was something I did. I would buy those like 32 ounce water bottles and I was so proud of myself because I was drinking two of those before lunch and then two of them after lunch, like before bedtime. So I was having four 32 ounce water, you know, bottles of water. But what would happen is I didn't want to go buy more. So I would use the same one that that same bottle, not like a not like a steel bottle or a um, you know one you're supposed to reuse, but like those plastic ones, I would use them for like weeks on end. I wouldn't even wash them. That is so disgusting. <laughs> I see another thing. I can think back now and see all the things that I did that I'm like, ah, why did I do that? Okay, so just check, like you know, make sure if you use a water bottle, probably just use it once, you know, and probably a better idea just to buy yourself like a reusable water bottle. Okay. That's not plastic. Um, the other things to look for are, you know, check your cosmetics, you know, there are lists online where you can look and see harmful, um, ingredients. And if you just look at the things you use the most, maybe your moisturizer, your face wash, the moisturizers are big and like serums, um, foundations and concealers, things like that. Check them out because if they are full of the chemicals that are harming you, then get rid of them because there are so many options now. There are so many clean cosmetics available. My favorite is Beauty Counter. If you want some, let me know. I have a girl. I have a girl that's got your name's Ashley. We can send her, um, get some information from her if we need to. But there are definitely safer ways to take care of your skin. I mean, there's shampoo, face wash, body soap. There's so many ways and better ways that you can um, take care of yourself without using toxic ingredients. Okay. The other little things are like washing your vegetables. Okay. You don't have to buy everything organic. I mean, buy organic when you can. Um, 
or with certain things like like foods where you eat the peel on the skin, you definitely want to go organic. But like bananas, if you're not going to eat the peel um, or like cantaloupe, um, things like that, it's probably and pineapple, things like that where you actually cut the fruit away from the skin and the peel, then it's probably okay, most likely to not go organic. But if you're going to eat like apples and strawberries and berries, try your best to get organic when, when you can. And I know it costs a little more, but you know, it costs more is being sick later. It costs a lot more to pay for the doctor and to be in the hospital and, you know, lose your health. That's more expensive than buying organic. Okay. So washing your vegetables and fruits, super, super important. So get rid of obviously toxic items in your home. Get rid of your plastics. If you have plastic containers for storing food, just look at it because some plastics are okay. You can actually find the code on most of them and look it up to see if it's safe. But if you have it in your budget, I would just recommend getting some glass. You can go to Target and get like a 10-pack of different um, storage containers that are glass. They do have a plastic lid and that's fine. Um, That's totally fine because you just don't microwave it on or anything and it doesn't really touch the food normally, but it's really not that expensive or get on Amazon and order some food storage containers that are glass. It's, it's so worth it, right? It's not even that expensive. All right. So that's my first thing. The second one's a little bit deeper and it's face your demons. Okay. Face your demons. So we all have skeletons in our closet, okay? We all have something that either we're not proud of, something that's happened to us, something that we have done. Um, We all have something. Nobody's a saint. Nobody's perfect, okay? When we keep those, those skeletons or secrets inside, that can make us sick. It's toxic. It's toxic, toxic to keep it inside and not deal with it. What's done is done. What's in the past is in the past. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you um, bad. It doesn't make you a bad person, right? So when we can face those issues, when we can face what's happened, when we can face our traumas, our um, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, it could be like a comment somebody made. It can be like full on something that you experienced. You know, I mean, I know. I personally know um, people in the military who have a really, really hard time, and I'm sure that's hard. I'm sure there's a lot of experiences that I've never, you know, been through that I can't, I can't even imagine actually. But that's got to be very, very hard to deal with. But when you don't deal with it, okay, whether it's whether it was you're in the military and and been to you know combat, or whether you've been raped, or whether you've been um, maybe you've done something bad, maybe whatever it is. Like whatever it is, if you keep it inside of you, your body's going to know and your body is trying to stay safe. And you guess what? When you keep a hold of those things, remember I told you having an autoimmune means that your immune system is attacking itself or attacking your cells. That is what horrible thoughts do. That is what keeping trauma inside of us, keeping that trauma inside and not getting out and not working through it. That makes you sick. It makes you attack yourself because you feel unsafe. Your body is unsafe. Okay. So you've got to, got to handle. And and that's easier for me to say because my traumas have all been really small ones, but even small ones, it doesn't matter how big or how small, when you don't let it out and you don't work through it and, and even recognize it's there, 
then you're going to get sick because your body knows. Okay. Even, even here's something, there's more research done about this too. Even if your trauma occurred as an infant or a small, small child, and you don't have an actual memory of it, your body remembers. It's there. The event, the actions, they're there, whether you remember them or not. So I don't know. I There's so many ways around this. This is where therapy comes in. Okay. And I've actually recently been um, talking with and having um, my, well, my daughter, she doesn't mind me sharing that, that she's been working with a hypnotherapist and a hypnotherapist is a great way to work because they're able to put you into a state and it's not weird. It's not like the fairs where you see people like jumping up and down and like, you know, doing stupid things. It's like for real. Um, you're able to get into a state in which you can kind of bring about things that are that are an issue for you and then you can work on them, you know? So I'm going to have a whole episode about that as well. Are you so excited? I am. So anyway, okay. So face your demons. Okay. I could talk about that for a really long time, but we're going to move on. The third thing is take a good look at your diet. Okay. How often do you eat processed food? How much do you cook at home? Are you eating a balanced nutrients? Are you following one diet and then skipping to another diet? Are you overeating? Are you undereating? Are you drinking water? Right? Do you feel like you're fueling your body or depriving your body? Are you eating food that's actual real food or are you eating fake foods? Okay. That promise weight loss. Um, you know, and none of this is to judge you, right? This is not about judging. It's about what are you really, really, really doing? Be really honest with yourself and help yourself determine, you know, what chances you have of getting, um, you know, some poor health advice later, you know, or diagnoses. So, you know, really take a clean, good look at your diet. And as a nutrition coach, of course, I'd be happy to help you. Um, in fact, if you're local to me, I'm going to be March 11th, and I will send out information about this. I'm having a Fundamentals of Nutrition workshop to help people actually cut through all the, the junk out there and just learn really good basic information um, about nutrition to put together a really clean, um, positive nutrition plan. So be looking for that if you're local to me. All right. And then the fourth thing is assess your movement. First of all, do you move your body? You know, like, I don't mean like, do you go to the gym five days a week and lift weights and go to classes and spin and all that? That's not what I'm talking about. Do you move your body? How often do you stand up? How often do you walk? Do you take the stairs versus the elevator? Do you, um, you know, go to the grocery store or do you always order Instacart, which I do a lot. So I'm like, shoot but I do move my body a lot. <laughs> so like how much do you move? Because the more sedentary you are, the more likely you are to become, become ill. Okay. But remember I told you, you could be on the opposite end of that spectrum and be doing too much. Do you let your body recover? Are you working out too much? Are you doing too much to where your body is so stressed out that it's going to shut down? Be really honest with yourself. What is your movement looking like? Okay. Do an assessment of that. And then my fifth thing is clean up your environment. And this actually can mean a lot of different things. And But what I mean today while I'm talking about it is I mean like clean up your living space, you know, your working space, like go to your office, get papers, get stuff out of your way, get organized, get rid of the crap just sitting around. So a true cleanup and, and, and an organized space will make you feel less stress, right? 
So a big part of autoimmune, autoimmune is brain fog. When you already have brain fog and you walk into like a messy room or go to a messy office space, you feel even more overwhelmed and it'll feel impossible to get anything done. So get rid of, you know, the stacks of old papers, you know, move them, move them off of your desk, files, books, sticky notes, um, mail, dog leashes, um, old wrappers, boxes. Um, I'm looking around. I have like a stack of essential oils over there and maybe they sh- those need to move off of my desk so that they're out of my way. You know, take like a whole day or even a weekend to get organized and cleaned up. Okay. I, in fact, just this past weekend cleaned out my um, closet and I got rid of six bags, six bags of clothes. There was clothes in there that I haven't worn in 10 years. I'm like, why am I dragging these things around? And I have to tell you just getting up in the morning and walking, like just seeing my closet is like, I can't tell you how like much relief it made me feel. So it really, your environment really has a big impact on your stress levels and how productive you feel. And it just can make you feel stifled. That's the first word that came in my head. I just felt stifled every time I'd be in my bedroom or near my closet. And I no longer have that feeling, but I've felt like that in many ways in my life. And every time I've cleaned up and organized, it feels better. Okay. Now I just got to learn how to keep it that way. Okay. Luckily I have a husband that is a super freak about clean stuff. So the living room and kitchen is always really nice. But my office, I have to work on and I have to work on my part of the closet. So um, maybe you do too. Maybe that would help you. Okay. So, all right. This went a little bit longer than I meant today, but that's all I have for you. I have a ton more ideas. And like I said, that went a little bit longer than I meant, but I am a big believer that you can prevent autoimmune. Okay. And if you don't already have it, there is definite promise for you. And if you do already have it, there are so many things that you can do just from a lifestyle, healthy habit standpoint that can make you feel so much better. And I know that that's true because I did it and I can help you do it too. So I hope that you'll, you know, take this information and implement at least one of the suggestions from today and, you know, or all of them. And of course, I would love to hear from you. Okay. What are you doing already to prevent having illness in the future or prevent feeling poor? What are you doing to stay healthy? And if you already do have an autoimmune, I would love to talk to you if you would be willing to talk with me. I'm gathering a lot more information from people who've been through it. Um, If you've already made it to the other side of it, that you have, you know, beat the odds and got rid of the symptoms, I definitely want to talk to you. And if you have not and you're struggling, then I definitely want to talk to you too, because I have a lot of information um, that could possibly help you. So again, thank you guys so much for being here and um, I will be catching you next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I am so stoked that you are here. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, I would love to hear from you. Head on over to my Instagram at RamFitLife or Facebook at Rayanne Mullins and comment on your favorite part of the show. See you next week.